Iro Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, good morning and welcome to this Sunday's edition of Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick and... We're from the law firm of Gregorick and Associates, and I have uh, Attorney Ted Hansen in with me this morning, and we're going to have a great conversation, Ted, this morning. So thanks for coming in because this is kind of right up your alley. Yeah, I'm very, very, very familiar with this area. Of the you're law, you're up that creek very often, right? <laughs> unfortunately, so, I am. So, folks, you know, I do this every year about this time and kind of bring up this subject because it's the holiday season, which for most of us, uh, means getting together with family, seeing people that you don't see all that often sometimes. Maybe it's uh, your grandparents or your aging parents or Aunt Ethel or Uncle Bob, and you haven't seen them in a while. And I want to talk a little bit today. Well, I'm going to talk a lot today, actually, not a little bit. I'm going to talk a lot today about elder abuse. And it's something that is uh, a very serious problem in our county, our cities, our state nationwide, and it's not getting better. The trend lines tend to be increasing in just about all areas of um, elder exploitation and elder abuse. And we're going to go through the different types of abuse. Some of it's a little more subtle than one might think. Others is just outright crazy, and it's easy to see. But really what we want to talk about today also is some of the signs and symptoms and early detection you know, how, how does one become in this vulnerable adult um, situation? And so we want to talk a little bit about that. And then most importantly, what can and should you do about it? Ted, this is a thing that, you know, basically at the firm um, every week, I would like to say 40 hours a week, but that might be an understatement, that you are dealing with a great deal of various modes of elder abuse and have to help, you know, help people through that. Yep, I do. And it comes in many stripes. And the state of Washington has done a fairly good job, I think, of coming up with the statutory scheme to protect these vulnerable adults. And essentially what the statute does is it defines the type of conduct that is prohibited under the law. And it's really kind of wide ranging. It, it can go from the common, um, abandonment, things of that nature, and then it goes on to sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, personal exploitation, which would be financial, improper use of restraints. That's one we see in the nursing home context quite a bit. Chemical restraint, those types of things, all of those are defined well in the statute. And this is the statute by which you can assist someone that's in that position and actually get orders akin to restraining orders, essentially, that will prohibit the conduct going forward, or at least it aims to prevent the conduct going forward. So what I'd like to do throughout the show today is we're going to pick, you know, these various topic areas of abuse, explore them a little bit, you know, give you a clear picture of what the law is and then what you can be doing about it. Because, you know, as you're going around and visiting and maybe you're going to your parents' home and your mom has been Mrs. Neatnick. You know, she's June Cleaver. <laughs> and that house was never had a speck of dust. There wasn't a doily out of place. Everything was immaculate. Mom was always dressed to the nines, as they say. And yet this year you go over there and things don't just, they're not the same. Something's different. The house is a little disheveled. It's not a mess, but it's a little disheveled. And then mail you go, piling up, things maybe like some that. Mail. Maybe the refrigerator's got a lot of spoiled food. Um, does it have the appropriate food? This <laughs> yeah. um, kind of a general sense of what's going on. And, you know, noticing changes in behavior as subtle as they may be, they can be rather striking if you haven't seen your parents in, say, six months, a year, or in many cases longer than that, and you show up and you go, Oh, 
something's wrong. But then kind of paralysis sets in and we're not sure what to do. And unfortunately, in some of these situations, that recognition is actually when the abuse begins. Yes. People, I've got to do something, and then they launch into self-help mode, thinking they're going to be doing the right decisions, and they end up committing basically crimes, not just civil infractions, you know, up to to and including some of this stuff is criminal felonies, folks, prison time. And uh, it's serious, but the challenge is the impact it has on the elder population. And as we age, uh, most all of us have um, a number of fears as we face our future um, regarding what if, what if I become disabled? What if I get Alzheimer's? What if I get Parkinson's? What if I, what if I, what if I, those, those thoughts do go through some of our heads every now and then, maybe mine more than others, just because I see it every day as does Ted, but it's, it's in almost every family. It's hard to escape these situations. Uh, Ted, what are some of the statistics we're looking at as far as, you know, people falling prey to, um, you know, these abuse factors and, you know, just having these disabilities that make them vulnerable. Well, dis- disabilities, uh, the percentage of the population that will become disabled kind of goes exponential from age 65 up to age 75 and beyond. And and at least two-thirds of us at some point in our life will need some help with a disability. Now, that that can be a small issue, something as small as helping someone drive to the grocery store to buy groceries, and it can become as large as full-time caregiving in the home for various uh, stages of diminished capacity, or physical incapacity is another one that requires a great deal of care. And so roughly two-thirds of us, when we get past the age of 70, will face some type of a disability situation. You know, and Ted, we talk about this all the time and on how prevalent it is and what a large segment of the elder population, and of course, that we're talking the baby boomers, folks, and there are more baby boomers as a generation than there the next generation coming, and then, of course, the millennials, they're pretty big, too. And we, as a society, haven't really prepared for the onslaught of um, financial and um, well, physical and, and that's, that's mental issues that you know the seniors are facing, and this longevity thing that people yeah. are living longer. That's right. But and, <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's right. And 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 this and I think because of that, Rick, we're getting a, a lot more scrutiny in this area where before it wasn't such a big hot button. I, I'm like I said, I can remember back when my grandfather was eighty. This would have been in the late '60s or whatever. He would kind of be forgetful in a little bit. And they, they called it hardening of the arteries is what they called it back then. Yes. <clears throat> so they didn't really have a, a handle on it. But, it, but it's but it been pretty prevalent, I think, throughout the years. And, and certainly nowadays with all of this population aging in, this tsunami, silver tsunami, if you will, it's getting a lot more scrutiny in this area. And, and let's face it, there just is a lot more of it around than there was. Uh, or perhaps it's just gotten more focus uh, in the last several years than it had before. So it really is a... a Thing and like I said, folks, I've been uh, you know preaching this gospel for quite a while, and I kind of dig back through the archives a little bit. And back or you know just shortly after um, Mickey Rooney was found to have been financially exploited um, by a family member and had testified in front of Congress, his um, say, you know his when he was testifying to Congress in tears. You can probably find the video on you know YouTube someplace, folks, but. He was saying way back then, this was back in 2011, that, you know, if it can happen to me, me, I'm Mickey Rooney, it can happen to anyone. Yep. So our funny man of our past folks, and those of you who are the baby boomers, you, you all remember Mickey Rooney and the funny guy, but watching him testify to Congress about his abuse was anything but funny. And he, But it really was, he said, I felt trapped, I was scared, I was being used, I was frustrated. And so that prompted me back in uh, July of 2011. I actually published it on July 4th, um, and it's on various web blogs and things around, and it was just called Elder Abuse. It can happen to anyone. And it was just an alert, and I actually put I posted this up on legal sites for attorneys to read and everything, but this is 2011, nine years ago. And we were talking about the rapid, you know, 
increase of exploitation, and especially at that time, financial exploitation. And it was just earth shattering. And so we, you know, we started to do this to kind of start creating an awareness within the legal community, as well as, you know, other communities, the medical communities, you know, grappling with this law enforcement's grappling with this. This is a big, big, big problem. And so, you know, to, to identify the various types of elder abuse, it's not always just what you think it is. I mean, when we talk about physical abuse, it's not necessarily beating the living bejeebers out of somebody, yep, right? That's, com- that's not that. what it is. It's, you know, it's the emotional component of it. And, and Rick, too, while we're talking about this, one of the difficulties in this area are that we have these people that have been abused and they're embarrassed to talk about it. And they're, they're not very forthcoming about what's going on in their lives. They just feel that it can work out. And and that's part and parcel of the problem in the arena, particularly with diminished mental capacity, because that person can't really relate to anybody else what's happened. So that's a really – this is a tough practice area. Um, but abuse doesn't just come in physical acts. It does come in financial abuse. It does come in mental and emotional abuse. I mean all of these things, again, are defined in the statute. And if, by the way, you care to look at the statute, it's uh, 74 uh, – RCW 7434 is, is the vulnerable adult statute. And so – it defines all these various types of, of abuse, and it's really a very broad net that they've cast with, uh, with the definitions in this section. You know, and, and, and it's an area of evolving law as well. And what's interesting, um, the definitions of various forms of elder abuse have been developing over time. And, and I'll give you an example here um, on the um, – definition in Washington state law, it's RCW 74.34.020, subsection 2B, if someone really wants to know. But um, prior to July of 2015, there was a definition of physical abuse, which really went along the lines of said, you know, the means, the willful action of inflicting bodily injury or physical mistreatment. Physical abuse includes, but it's not limited to striking with or without an object, slapping, pinching, choking, kicking, shoving, or prodding. That's the old statute. Now, the new statute is a little different. Physical abuse as the willful action of inflicting bodily injury or physical mistreatment. Physical abuse includes, but is not limited to striking with or without an object, slapping, pinching, choking, kicking, shoving, prodding, or the use of chemical restraints or physical restraints, unless those restraints are consistent with licensing requirements and includes restraints that otherwise being used as inappropriate. So if the abuse occurred prior to the change in law, it would be evaluated under the old code. If it occurred after the new code, it would be evaluated there. The new code obviously was broader in scope, brought in more potential types of abuse. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we'd love to have any of your phone calls or join in the conversation. 888-973-5476. That's the hotline to Cairo and KTTH. Talk with us on air this morning, 888-973-5476. We'll be right back. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Does Medicare pay for long-term care? Story, without question, this is still the most common question I get. Medicare becomes our 
primary health insurance when we turn 65. And like traditional medical insurance, it does not pay for long-term care services. Medicare is for acute care, but it's not going to cover the ongoing custodial care that is required during an extended health care situation. You need long-term care insurance for that. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of our free upcoming classes. And don't forget to join me every Saturday morning here on Cairo for Long-Term Care Radio. Do what my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregor & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law. With Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Okay, we're back. Ted, wait, wait, you sing along to that one? Uh, that's hard with those juice harps. That's what my <laughs> grandfather used to call them. The little things you put on your lips and they have that twangy thing on those. The juice harp, that's what they're called. So. Anyhow, so listen, we're, you know, we're talking about elder abuse and recognition and reporting. Um, the reporting number, folks, just kind of put it in your head. You may see something at the grocery store. Um, you can call 1-800-END-HARM. That's to Adult Protective Services. Your call is completely anonymous and um, can't get in any trouble. And so and they, do, know, they do a good job. You know, they'll, they'll actually come out and do the investigation. A lot of states are kind of lethargic in that arena, but the state of Washington actually is pretty good in that uh, Adult Protective Services Arena. They've got a lot of cases, and they do their best to get to things as quickly as they possibly can. But sometimes things just fall through the cracks. You know, and both, you know, Ted, both you and and myself, we have had a number of cases over the years that have involved Adult Protective Services. In fact, we've even brought them in in some cases. And they can be effective. Um, Sadly, it is a overworked, um, underfunded organization, always you know, looking for more, you know, more counselors and things of that nature. Um, they're trying to assist the police force more and uh, oftentimes accompanying officers out to do welfare checks and things of that nature. Yeah. But when we're looking at neglect, or excuse me, at elder abuse, one of the overriding things that we see time after time is that the person has somehow become isolated, that's either exactly because right. of self-neglect or there's a caregiver that's, that's you know, kind of keep true. it apart. Almost, almost across the board, that's the case with these kind of cases, right? And, and the isolation is the biggie. And uh, if you see that, like I said, it can be subtle, but if you see something like that, that's one of the hallmarks of this type of abuse. Well, and we look at this and we often find someone who has been isolated and they really fall prey to what we would call self-neglect. And, you know, they're not taking care of their finances. They're generally having a decrease in their mental functioning, their cognitive skills. They're having difficulty performing some of the very basic activities of daily living, you know, fixing a meal, taking a bath, going to the bathroom. I mean, we're talking the basic stuff that are just to be all, existing. All signs of decline, for and we, sure. We see the home environment changing. We oftentimes see the beginnings or the result of hoarding, and the home is becoming unkept, and most of them are becoming, uh, well, rodent infestation and all kinds of unsavory things. We found, you know, we find that the refrigerator's got a lot of spoiled food or no food whatsoever, 
And we often then times when we take a closer look, we'll find that that person is suffering from malnutrition, perhaps, or being dehydrated. You notice that that person has had a significant um, weight loss. And then, you know, just maybe, you know, more often than not, we have, you know, poor hygiene will accompany this self-neglect and, of course, there'd be body odor and perhaps physical sores and things we see. But sometimes we look at those and we go, oh, it's just an old person. And we kind of gloss over it. And yet these are the telltale signs of self-neglect. And one of the things I always try to remind every single client that, you know, comes through my doors for estate planning and, and the elder law, and Ted does it both things as well, is that if you have taken on the responsibility of being an agent under powers of attorney, to care for your parent or to provide that care in the event of their disability, and you fail to provide that care adequately, you are committing elder abuse. And these things can give rise to all kinds of things. There have been cases where, you know, a person, um, let's say a son or a daughter has been made a power of attorney for mom or dad, and gee, they're kind of busy and they don't get, they can't get over and visit mom and dad every week. They can't see what's going on. Well, some of these cases are all of a sudden, uh, let's pick on mom. We'll say mom passed away at home, but she wasn't found for two or three weeks, but yet she had an agent who was actively engaged, paying her bills and all those types of things, but not monitoring her physical well-being. And when that person then dies under the care of an agent, that agent more likely than not has committed a felony. And that is a very serious problem because if you can't get over and see mom and dad or the person that you're the power of attorney for, if you can't see them, do a welfare check, then you need to hire someone to do it. Mm -hmm. You need to have someone looking for that. And Ted, we see this a lot. It goes on all the time. And unfortunately, this is one of those areas that's somewhat gray and people don't realize what they're doing when they simply ignore mom or ignore dad, but this is classic what we call abandonment under the statute, which is, you know, leaving somebody that's vulnerable in a position where they can't feed themselves, can't obtain food, water, shelter, uh, a number of different things like that. And that's one of the acts that's prohibited under the Vulnerable Adult Act. So So there's so many things we want to uh, look at, folks, and so we're going to barely touch the surface today, but this self-neglect oftentimes give rise to abandonment by a caregiver. And it's inadvertent. People don't think of that as abandoning, but believe me, it really is. Hey, folks, uh, it's 1-800-END-HARM to report elder abuse. To talk to Ted and I right now on the phone, 888-973-5476. Maybe you have a story you'd like to share. We'd be glad to hear that, and we'll be right back after this break. This is Michael Medved. Financial experts will tell you that you should have a plan in place for the high cost of long-term care. If your plan consists of using your savings to pay for any long-term care needs in the future, then take a moment to contact 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. They will show you how to set up an asset-based plan using a portion of your existing savings. Now, this way you maintain control of your money and you're guaranteed to get your money back even if you don't need long-term care. For every dollar you put in today, 525 Advisors will show you how to get 3 to $4 back in tax-free long-term care protection. Call 525 Advisors today to learn how you can put a portion of your savings to work and protect your family and the rest of your assets from the high costs of long-term care. Call today at 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188 at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, 
I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. And welcome back, folks. Hey, you know, we're talking about elder abuse, financial exploitation, physical exploitation, mental exploitation, all these things that go on for the seniors in our life. Um, this kind of, it troubles me deeply in all of these areas, but we, we work in all of these areas, and this is stuff that Ted does on a daily basis. Uh, myself, uh, we've been doing this for, you know, a long time now, and we've seen a lot of things. Um, that we never expected to see here in Seattle, or we, you know, our offices in Kirkland, in Bellevue, in Redmond. We just we didn't expect to see a lot of this, and that, but it's there. So, folks, it doesn't really matter when we're talking about abuse of seniors, whether you know, rich and poor. It, it doesn't matter. It's across all demographics, all races, all religions. It's just pervasive, and it seems to be just more of a human function. <laughs> than other things. But one of the areas that we, you know, we were just talking about before was, you know, abandonment and different things along those lines. And, but I wanted to also now highlight another area of mental abuse. It's another one of those things where, well, how do, how does one mentally abuse a senior? How do you mentally abuse your folks? Well, again, this is another situation where back in 2015, the legislature um, acted and they basically back in 2015 rewrote most of the vulnerable adult actions and uh, statutes. And so they've, they've been expanding these statutes to be broader in scope and not quite so specific uh, under the old law. But under the law today, um, mental abuse is any willful action or inaction of mental or verbal abuse. You know, mental, mental, oh my goodness, mental abuse, I'll get it out, Ted, includes, but isn't, but isn't limited to coercion, harassment, inappropriately isolating the vulnerable adult from family, friends, regular activities, and verbal assaults that includes ridiculing, intimidating, yelling, or swearing. Any incident, well, okay, that's the rest of the statute. So we can see that, you know, if your aging parent is over there and you go over the holidays and it turns into this big battle and you're just yelling and screaming at mom, and your mom is a vulnerable adult, she's elderly, you may be committing, you know, mental abuse right. of a senior. And this happens a lot. And I, I've had stories, and I know, Ted, you probably have some to share too, but I had a lady one time says, I love my daughters, but every time they come over, they're yelling and screaming and fighting, and we have to call the police. And they were just driving her crazy, yeah. to say the least, fighting in between. And it was all because each one of them wanted to see if somehow they could maneuver mom into giving them the house. That was mom's asset was the yep. house. Boy, that's unfortunate, but that's, a, that's a, one of the crossroads here that we deal with all the time, and that's this kind of self-interested person that's you know using mom or dad's money. In most cases, it's a child that – you know, have some entitlement <laughs> uh, attitude toward their parents and are doing all that they can to make sure that mom leaves them something. And there's a lot of that that goes on under the surface here uh, that has to do with money, frankly. It's well, just, you know, people go over to mom's house and, you know, let, let, you know, and moms and dads sometimes have a history of setting this up. They do. Mom and dad have, you know, let's say, been financially assisting you in your, you know, growing up. And so mom and dad, you know, pretty much for your whole life have maybe been helping you out a little bit with finances, paying a house payment here and there. They provided the down payment for you to buy your house. They helped you with your, Put your kids college education, sure. first school. Sure, a lot of you know, and so your parents, 
you kind of created a financial dependency where you were dependent kind of on getting their money. Now, as they get older, their money starts running out, and there's three children, and... And your it's, gravy train's running low. It, <laughs> and, and it, it, That's right. Folks, it, you know, we, it, this is, these are not isolated situations. I would predict that over the next 10 days, either Ted and or I or both of us will have this exact case walk Ramp- into our office. It's just rampant, and it, it, it just goes on. All. I, call, I call these people professional children, Rick. That's what I call them nowadays <laughs> because that's what they are. They're professional children, and they're really good at manipulating mom and dad out of money and, and or other things. You know, give me the car, give me the house, those types of things. I've even seen uh, parents turn over businesses to children that just nattered their parent to the point where they just couldn't take it any longer. That's hallmark abuse right there. I mean, that that's it on a nutshell. You know? Well, but it's, what it is, it's the reverse of the child. And we would, you know, the kid that Kim comes to mommy, mommy, I want a cookie. And he starts pulling on mommy's, you know, apron, mommy, 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 cookie. And, you know, this badgering of the child. More often than not, he ends up with a cookie. <laughs> yeah, or the jar. Or the jar in this case. Like, and, so yeah. it it you know I I want to make sure that people understand it's little things that give rise to this through the isolation of the individual, and uh, you know if you're always over there screaming at your mom and screaming at your dad and um, you know and it's because of your problems you need money you need this your child needs college tuition and you're going over to rely on your parents and your parents are getting up in age and maybe they've had a little decline in health and so they're no longer what we would call 100% cognitive. They have a declining mental impairment here that interferes with this, and it's just badgering them. Yeah. And this happens over and over and over again. It the, does, and, and yeah. that type of conduct is – that that's what the statute is meant to address. And and by the way, I think we probably owe it to the folks out there to, to understand that this is one of those areas – that if you have this going on, that it doesn't cost you anything to file this type of a of a petition. And in fact, the clerks, particularly in King County, in every county for that matter, are ordered via the statute to assist the public in creating these documents that you take before a judge and you go in and you get your order. So there, there's a great deal of help in this area, but don't don't not do it because of the money because in this arena, the vulnerable adult arena, there is no charge for it. Now, of course, if you hire an attorney or something like that, they'll obviously charge you. But they, these can be done yourself. And well, you can at least get the ball rolling. You can at least get the ball rolling for sure. And, and, and how it works essentially is you file one of these adult vulnerable adult petitions, we call it. And you can go in and you can actually get temporary relief for 14 days. Most of these, once the petition is heard, the hearing will be set within 14 days of that date. Now, you can get a temporary uh, injunction, if you will, for lack of a better word, for that 14-day period. So if this conduct is going on, you don't have to wait another 14 days before the courts actually do something about it. You can get this temporary uh, order in place until you have the full hearing on the matter. Yeah, and that's just really important. So these vulnerable adult protection orders, uh, lawyers, everybody calls them a VAPO, a yep. VAPO, oh, vulnerable adult protection order. You can go down to the clerk. They'll give you a form, and you can fill it out and um, get the ball rolling. Yep. Generally, if you're doing that, I, I highly encourage you to come see an elder law attorney. Uh, yes. Because, yeah. you know, that, like I said, that's the first step. Yeah. That's where we need to start. But now is when the now is when the hard part really starts in how is this going to play out. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'd enjoy talking with any of you folks at 888 I'm Rick Gregorick with Ted Hansen. You're listening to Your Partner in Law. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Do I have to move into a nursing home to use my long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, actually most people start their long-term care journey in their home and today's plans will pay for that care in your home. The idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to be able to receive the care you need in the location of your choosing. Plans today are comprehensive, which means not only do they pay for care at home, they'll also pay for care in an assisted living facility, an adult day care, even a nursing home. By having a plan, you decide where you get to receive care. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. 
You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. Dude, my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregrick. Rick Gregrick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated, you've got to rely on an expert like Rick who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner-in-Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregorick. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Hey folks, welcome back to Your Partner in Law. Hey, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, uh, you can go online to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That'll get you there. Uh, The law firm's website is rjg, like Richard James Gregorick, rjglegal.com. And that'll get you there. Or you can go to mynorthwest.com and... um, backslash your partner in law. You can also get all our podcasts, the shows there. And while you're on any of our websites, you can look at all of our various uh, practice areas, learn a little bit more about elder law and estate planning, or maybe you're interested in real estate or business. We've got all of it there and uh, we take care of lots of different things for you. And we certainly enjoy um, talking with you every Sunday morning here. And we certainly enjoy it even more when you come in and visit us at the office. So, um, So we've talked a little bit about people becoming abandoned. You know, we're talking elder abuse and things here, financial exploitation. Now, folks, financial exploitation comes in many, many forms. And we see this as probably one of the key reasons that someone will come in to see the lawyer. It's because, you know, Betty thinks her brother Bobby is stealing mom's money yep. or something along those lines. We've talked ad nauseum over the years about uh, blended families where if one party falls ill and all of a sudden the other side's family is concerned about money and things like that. And financial exploitation seems to just be kind of interwoven into all Unfortunately, it's true. And and folks, you voluntarily moving into your parents' house, you know, to take care of them oftentimes triggers this. (laughs) You're living there rent-free. Mom and dad are paying for your groceries. They're paying for all the utilities. In other words, they're supporting you mm-hmm. under the pretense of you being there to the provide them and the caregiver. That's right. And, you know, w- with other siblings looking in, um, you know, suspicions start to arise. Well, gee, Betty then moved in with mom, and all of a sudden, you know, mom's money is going away, and Betty doesn't want to tell us anything about mom's finances. Yep. And on and on it goes. So, you know, at law, folks, you know, financial exploitation is the illegal or improper control over or withholding of property, income, resources, or trust funds of the vulnerable adult by any person or entity 
for any person or entity's profit or advantage other than for the vulnerable adult's profit or advantage. So it's it's really big. I mean, things that can be included in this exploitation, Ted, are quite broad. This is a very broad statute. It is. The use of deception, intimidation, undue influence, you know, of this That's person. That's the biggie usually, right You know, there. coming in on these. Um, all of you folks who are agents and trustees, a breach of fiduciary duty, you know, overusing or misusing a power of attorney or a trust. Um, I could do about a 10-hour show on the misuses of powers of attorney. Longer show than that. Um, misusing your guardianship provisions that you may have been done. Unauthorized appropriations or sale of their property. You know, if our parent becomes incapacitated, I mean, most of them don't want to leave their home. But maybe you come in and say, well, mom, you got to sell the house. We got to sell the house and put you in a nursing home. Doing that against mom's will, you know, there, there are ways to go about this rather than you making these decisions against, you know, their will. That's right. And, you know, this um, – And that's it, not always cut and dry either, right? That can be kind of dicey sometimes. We've wrestled issue. with some of these cases yeah. and, and we've, you know, yeah. as a law firm, we, we have to look at all the sides of this. But I don't care which side of the equation you're on. If we're dealing with the vulnerable adult, the law's got to favor and does favor that vulnerable adult. They're going to give the nod to the vulnerable adult. So, um, you know, here's another one that's, you know, rather prevalent, but obtaining or using a vulnerable adult's property, their income or resources or trust funds without their authority. Yeah, how like taking I, the car or I was going to say, like how that. many it's people like, go take mom and yeah, dad's car? They do. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes maybe for, <laughs> for good maybe reason. just so they don't want them to drive it. But, it, but, it, but a lot of times it's just that. It's just taking that car and basically appropriating it for your own personal so, use. So, so some things, folks, that we might do and we can justify doing them. Yeah, we can. They're still wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, uh, two wrongs don't make a right, so to speak. So this is so why it's so important. And for you folks who are out there as fiduciaries, agents, powers of attorney, trustees, things of that nature, I implore you to sit down with either mom and dad's attorney or your own attorney, come in and see us, whatever. Go see an estate or elder law attorney to walk you through your duties, because you have a lot of responsibility as a matter of law right. once you take on that fiduciary relationship as a caregiver, whether it's for financial care, health care. If you're on a power of attorney or you're under a health care directive or whatever legal document, you have some responsibility for that person up to and including even um, state guardianships. Um, you have responsibilities. That's right. And that's a good, a good topic to consult with an attorney about because there are definitely this kind of under underlying duty that people are really ignorant about, frankly. I don't know how else to say it, but they just don't know the level of responsibility that they take on sometimes by acting as agents under these particular documents. Well, we've seen cases, Ted, you've seen them where, you know, they take mom's car because they don't think mom should be driving. And we might all agree mom shouldn't be driving. Okay. But you know, they go and take mom's car. Well, it'd be one thing if you took the car and you parked it in the garage and you locked it up for safekeeping, you know, until you could get mom to the doctor and maybe then get some legal stuff done. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, you need to follow up. Otherwise, you just stole mom's car. Yeah. So, but instead of, you know, you know, that's one scenario. But what if you take mom's car um, and you've justified it because you don't think mom should have it, but the reality is you took it because your car's broken and you can't get a, afford a new car. So we've seen this. So, I mean, every situation is a little bit different, but we have to look and, you know, peel the onion back, if you will, and look at these cases because they can become daunting. Folks, to report elder abuse 24-7, you can dial 1-800-END-HARM, E-N-D-H-A-R-M, END-HARM. We'll be right back after this quick break. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, 
I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. What is the best age to look into long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, we have plans that will help people up to age 85, but here's what you need to know. It's not your age that allows you to get long-term care insurance. It's your health. So the best time to look into getting a plan is when you're healthy and you can still qualify. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about the new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of our free upcoming classes. And don't forget to join me every Saturday morning on Cairo for Long-Term Care Radio. We indeed chose the best plan that pays us back if we never use it. Learn what may be the best option for you at one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregor & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. <laughs> Better keep my day job. There you go. All righty, folks. Uh, you're listening to Your Partner in Law, brought to you every week right here on Cairo and KTTH, uh, the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. You can find us on the web, rjglegal.com. We're all over the place. You can find us at mynorthwest.com, backslash Your Partner in Law, and all kinds of fun stuff there. And, of course, the yourpartnerinlaw.com website. Hey, any of our websites, uh, make sure you're, you know, click through them and look at a lot of the information. There's there's an estate planning library. There's a help center. There's all kinds of stuff. There's our blogs. I'm a little behind, but you know how that goes. And then, but there's lots of stuff there. Take a look at that, and you know, just do that. We have an online organizer that you can, you know, some folks like to do them online. It's more convenient. Other people would like a paper version. If you like a paper version, just e- email us through the website. Uh, send us a legal question, and just let us know if you're married, single, or uh, in a domestic partnership. We'll get you out the right planner and uh, get you started. And those are all absolutely free. We certainly offer free consultations for all of you. If any of you have any questions over today's show regarding elder abuse and, gee, I witnessed something, what do you think? If you'd like to call us, please do. You can call us during the week at any time. Just look us up at rjglegal.com. Or if you've got a real fast pencil, 425-284-3450. That'll get you through to the law firm, 425 284 3450, we'll try and get you pointed in the right direction. It's really up to Ted, I think. It's up to each and every one of us. You may experience this elder abuse in the grocery store. Someone's pushing mom around in, you know, in a wheelchair, perhaps, and, and then they're sitting there arguing because mom wants to get something and 
son or daughter who's taking him doesn't want to get something, and all of a sudden, the let's say the daughter and the mom, and the daughter hauls off and kind of gives mom a little smack up the back of the head and says, knock it off, mom, we got, we're in a store. <laughs> now, if we saw that with a kid, we'd be pretty upset, you know, we'd, you know and yet elders and people... Well, Don't. it happened to me, and I didn't call it abuse back then. Yeah, well, <laughs> see where it got you. Yeah, my mom, my mom wasn't shy about that when the time was right. So, so these are the types of things, folks. If you see something like this, you know, I'm not telling you, you know, anything to you have to intervene right at that point in time or something. But you could certainly, you know, call one eight hundred end harm. If it's going on right then and there, you can call nine one one. That's an assault. That's it's a crime. Exactly right. And, you know, people yelling and screaming at older folks. I mean, I've seen this happen time and time again. Or maybe you just see an elderly person that it's pretty obvious they've got some challenges. Yeah, it could be neighbor. It could be a number of different scenarios. Right. So there's just all kinds of things. Get involved. But, you know, one of the things that we always have found and is supported by all this, the statistics is when you've had a child or grandchild that has become financially dependent upon you, the probability of them later in life potentially exploiting you financially goes up quite a bit because they've never been trained to be self-sufficient or they've never become self-sufficient. So these are things that we can work with in your planning, but they are very, very difficult issues to deal with. And this just underscores the need for good estate and elder planning and really comes back to one of the most foundational things that we have talked about on the show for any number of years. Of course, it's our... uh, Scott Ralston, one of the other attorneys in the firm, it's, you know, he does the litigation and he said, it's always the people. Yeah, it <laughs> it's always the people that you've yeah. chosen to be in charge, your trustees, your agents. Folks, your children may or may not be the best choice, but let's talk about it. That's one of the things we get to talk about in private under attorney-client privilege so we can you know, really have these tough decisions and then make sure that you put safeguards in place to protect yourself and your family. None of us want to turn our children into criminals, <laughs> but it happens. So, you know, as you're going through the holidays this year, uh, please be observant. And um, if you suspect something, say something. That's right. It's not your job to necessarily confirm it or any of those types of things. The, the most important thing is identification, early identification, then early getting the ball rolling. And there are a lot of ways to do that. So Ted earlier in the show talked about a vulnerable adult protection order, a.k.a. a VAPO. You can go right down to the King County Courthouse and go to the clerk's office, and they will give you a form that you can sit right there, right then and there, and Fill it out and file it, and as Ted said, it's a freebie. Right. So you can do that. It's you're and the un- courts are helpful about this in this area, which is unusual because it the is. general rule is clerks do not That's help correct. you do things. They do say yes. Here's a form. Advice. That's right. So any other thing you go to the clerk for, they're going to tell you just that that we don't we don't give legal advice. And this is one area that's in stark contrast to the general rule. So folks, to report financial abuse, even if you suspect it with complete anonymity, one eight hundred end. Harm. That's the Adult Protective Services Department of Department of Social and Health Services here in Washington. Despite what you may have heard, they do a pretty good job in a pretty tough job and uh, oftentimes have to be supported by law enforcement. Hey, we will be right back next week, and we got a huge Hawks games coming up on Sunday Night Football. Go Hawks. Here we go. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.